Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, dilly-ho, you little silly whippersnappers. It's your boy, Kevin Goatee. Guess what? Here we are, back again. Well, another episode, and I'm all tan. Look at me, I look gorgeous. Oh, wait, you're probably listening to me, as our demographics say that most of you are listeners, not viewers. Who cares, as long as you're taking this great podcast. Maura Quint joins us this week to explain why Fargo should be thrown in the wood chipper. Lazy pun, but you know what? I'm tired. I just got back from vacation, all right? So cut me some slack. Kevin Israel, Mr. Reliable, love him to death. He's going to sit on his co-host yet again. Can't get enough of that fella. And we're going to find out if more is right or wrong by thinking Fargo is overrated. Gather around, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. I need a favor. Wow. I didn't know we'd become such good friends because if we had, you'd know that I give head before I give favors. And I don't even give my best friend's head. So your chances of getting a favor are pretty fucking slim. Kevin Israel, name uh, that film. Do you want a hint? It's a little it's a little off the beaten path, that quote. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to need uh, it doesn't even ring a bell. Late 90s. Oh, I mean, late 90s. Comedy slash drama. I say that with uh, at the end of that. Uh, it's it sounds like something that would come out of like chasing Amy or something, but that's not late nineties, so I have no more. Uh, Quint is our guest. More any idea what that film is from? I admit it is definitely a little off the beaten path, but any idea what that's from? Wait, you narrowed it down so much. I think there were only three or four films that happened <laughs> in the late nineties. So yeah. like you know, it's it's, it's got to be one the, of them. It's not the Matrix. Oh, well, shit, I'm out. I'm, I'm out then. <laughs> the I film just looked is... it up, and I've yeah. never seen it. What? I would have yeah. no Kevin Israel, that's bullshit, yeah, because I... you love, this is a 90s, 90s film. I love it, and I'm shocked. Never saw it. it. Never the saw it. The film is Go, yep. Maura Quint. I that's, did that's love that about, That's about, like, it's a bunch of separate stories that yes. all link together. Yeah, never yes. saw it. Katie yeah, Holmes was, in her prime. Oh, yeah. Katie it's, Holmes, it's, right around with, like, a Lola Rent, too. Like, those two both kind of had... Run, run, little run. run. I love run. Oh, I'm sorry, I I'm very pretentious. I'm giving you. I love run, title. little run. It's fantastic. Yeah, those it's two. Good. I don't know. They always go together in my head. And Timothy Olfen is a fantastic yeah. bad guy in this. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel sitting in yet again on Baby Watch. We are back yet again. Maura Quint. Hey, how are you? Thanks for joining and hanging out with us tonight. How goes it over there in PA? It's all right. It's it's looking like it's going to storm here, but that's okay. We're 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 prepared for that sort of thing around these parts. Speaking of storm, Moore has chosen a film that has a storm in it or two. That film is the beloved 1996's Fargo, a budget at the time of seven million bucks, a box office haul of 
60 million. Turn that into 2023 money. $13.6 million budget. $116.9 million ROI. All right. Did Not okay. too shabby. Did okay. You betcha. Ha! Here we go. Mm, oh, getting us started. Mm. IMDB, one through 10 with decimal points. Mara, what do you think that Fargo has for the old imdb People love this movie. So, I mean, and it like critics loved it. P- people who saw it love it. It's got to be pretty high up there. I mean, it's probably, it's probably like a 8.89, 8. something like that. 8.9, Kevin Israel. I'm going to go nine flat. Eight one. Oh, not bad. You, you, uh, you're farting around it. How about we go to Rotten Tomatoes, folks? The critics. What did the critics give Fargo? Uh, I know the critics loved this. I'm going to go uh 92 92 mora uh, i think it was higher i'm gonna go 96 you both are just two flies or moss around the flame circling 94 oh all right, mm-hmm. all right. i'll take it back to you mora what did the audience give fargo oh gosh now i'm all nope she froze at least it's not a terrible face she's making. Sometimes it's like a really bad where you're like, you look like you're having an orgasm. Yeah, I was just going to say she's like the bukkake. Maury, yeah. can, like, can you hear? Oh, poop. Yeah. In the middle of like a fart. <laughs> I was on a I was on a conference call recently with like a new client. And, you know, it's a real serious like we're trying to convince them. And they're uh, the CEO of the company froze and he had like one eye open and what and it looked like he had a googly eye in the and i was sitting there and i was like just don't laugh just don't laugh and somebody goes well that's unfortunate more what do you think the audience scored for fargo on rotten tomatoes oh boy all right let's uh the audience tends to like things more than the critics you said 94 i'll say 95 for the audience. 95 kevin israel 88 92 wow <sighs> really jeez yeah, this was pretty well revered top to bottom quotes. Oh, yeah. And of course, the aforementioned, you betcha. Other than that, I have nothing quotes. This film, not quotable. Mora, any quotes jump out at you? I mean, they say Margie about a million times. So just saying Margie uh, or or really, I think if you try to speak in a Minnesota, like a yeah. Minnesotan <laughs> accent, it doesn't matter what you're saying. That counts as a Fargo quote. You could say anything. You could quote other movies in that accent, and now it's a Fargo quote. You got me thinking now. Can you imagine calling out the name Margie in the throes of passion? I sure couldn't. Yeah. Homer that's a, could. Oh, yeah. that's Marge. Uh, but yeah. Margie? Margie? That's just that's up there with like it's gotta be like Ethel, Brenda, any other uh, Dorothy, <laughs> Dorothea. Those I, names if I ever met a woman, I go, ah, I'm, I can't do this. I'm sorry. You know, you don't have to say their name. You can say other things. Like we've we've invented a whole sure. host of other vocabulary yeah. for this. I'm just letting you know in case <laughs> right. like you're in that situation and you know, you don't Sugar. it doesn't have to be. Sugar tits doesn't miss either. That's uh that's always a good one. <laughs> always works. Never a problem. Never gonna get you canceled. Kevin Israel oh, in the bedroom, it better not. Kevin Israel, <laughs> how about you? Quotes? I mean, you know, there wasn't a lot of Fargo quoting going on around my fraternity house when we. No, mine either. Uh, but um, uh, we checked out the numbers, and it's a pretty sweet deal. Oh yeah, they did say that a lot. Five fun facts. 
Despite the title, only the opening scene where Jerry meets Carl and Gayer to reveal the plan to kidnap his wife and hold her for ransom takes place in Fargo. Most of the movie takes place in either Brainerd or the Twin Cities area. Brainerd. That is is very fun. That's so fun. Spelled like Brainerd. Yeah. In 2001, several media outlets falsely reported that Takako Konishi has trekked from Tokyo to Bismarck and Fargo in search of the fictitious money hidden by Steve Buscemi's character, Carl Showalter, and froze in the cold. Can you imagine someone actually goes out for that kind of quest? Hey, while we're at it, Kevin Israel, why don't we go look to see if we can find One-Eyed Willie's treasure from uh, Goonies and see if that... And the, and the dead man's chest, where's that at? Oh, yeah. Maybe you should the... record this. This sounds like a great episode. Definitely Maybe... go treasure hunting. <laughs> Maybe the Grail in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade with the good travel to George... the Canyon of the Crescent Moon. That's where we have to go start. <laughs> Fargo received some under. Sorry, Fargo received some understandable backlash from Minnesotans and North Dakotans for portraying their neck of the American woods as being simple, funny talking folks. Indeed, the movie's commentary, native native Minnesota Joe Cohen, Joel Cohen, referred to the state as. Siberia with family restaurants. Sounds like a lot of Shoney's and steak and shakes are happening up there. <laughs> Perkins. Don't leave out of Perkins. Perkins. That's good. good call. Perkins. Yep. Guess guess the money didn't get any funding from the state. Yeah. <laughs> Quote, but now it, they use it as a travel film. Yeah. 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 Come, come, to, to come to Far come to Fargo where it was never filmed. Right. <laughs> Some see the wood chipper. <laughs> It's a movie that people who don't live here seem to enjoy, but for us, it's a little bit of an embarrassment. That makes sense to me. I got a only, lot to say on that. Yeah. Only a few minutes. Oh, I copy and pasted the same damn one twice. Whoops. Yeah. More fun facts. <laughs> By the, the way, it, fact it, is it, you actually, were disorganized. I will actually insert this. It was so easy because I re- read this. I go, ah, it's not that fun of a fact. But now in a pinch, here we go. It was easy to get Frances McDormand to play the role of Margie. You know why? Because she's married to one of the Cohen brothers. Oh, that is fun. Go. That's why she's yeah. in most of their. Well, that's not why she's in. What a terribly sexist thing yeah. I was saying. She's wow. deeply talented wow. of her own rights. But Does I would it... imagine she she gets some top uh, consideration. The role of Carl Showalter was written specifically for Steve Buscemi, to which I ask, what the hell would you have done if he said, I'm sorry, I'm too busy doing another Tarantino film right now. That's when you get Malkovich in there. Whoa. What a quick reaction and a fantastic <laughs> answer. I love that, MQ. That's solid. Let's go to the fans as we call them the herd. They have questions for you. Ask a gutter. At Joe Loves Cam Joe Doherty, Fargo became a TV show. What is your favorite movie that became a TV show? And he gives a caveat. It can be a reimagining or in the same universe. Favorite TV movie, favorite movie. That became a TV show. It's very well. See, that's that's tricky. Actually, that that wording is tricky because then I don't have to necessarily like the TV show, huh? Like the movie just had to have. Because, for instance, Clueless is a great movie. It became a TV show. I love Clueless. Clueless is fantastic. I'll wow. I'll go with that. But okay. I don't care about the TV show. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that. Fair, <laughs> Kevin Israel. Have you a thought? I guess I would have to go with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Because I think that's the only the only show I I was a Buffy fan. So I guess that but and I thought the show was better than the movie, but I never saw the movie. So that's that's, where I I can't think of the movie was the movie was not the movie was very 90s. And I do love all things 90s, but uh, it wasn't a very good movie. 
I never saw the TV show. And I watched the movie way after the fact to go, well, Christy Swanson, she is delicious. But this film, people love it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't have a film, a TV show that became a or movie that became a TV show that I like because when you one generation removed, I think it always sucks. There wasn't any that jumped out at me. I mean, there are a lot of TV shows that became oh. movies that were pretty badass. What? What so, do you got? I just, I just looked up a list because I was like, how many times has this been done? Uh, you know what's a good one? The Equalizer. Oh wow! And the movies was fa- the move. The third one's coming out. The first yeah. movie is great. The first one's one, fantastic. Eh. Yeah. Second one's at third, but one, it's still I'm, Denzel kicking yeah. ass. So yeah, it's, oh, yeah. you know, I will watch yeah. the third on Netflix. I also enjoy Cobra Kai. Like I've liked that TV show. Okay. I don't really care too much about the Karate Kid though, so it's like, eh, it's fine. But Cobra Kai is fun. Cobra Kai, I can't watch anymore. It's just too goddamn ridiculous with all yeah, the other shit. It absolutely is. Yeah. You have to watch it from that kind of absurd mindset. Like, it's gone too. It's way where I'm like, I would like to have a drink cliff. and just be like, all right, this is goofy as hell, and I'm just going to uh, turn my brain off and laugh at like I, nothing. I think during the last season, I look at my wife and I just pause. You go enough. enough. <laughs> I didn't even watch. The first That's few, se- the first two or three seasons, they're like, all right, I'm with it. The first season was gangbusters, but the rest yeah. has been hot horse shit. Next, at Nemirovsky, is the Minnesota-North Dakota accent the least sexy accent in all of America? If not, which accent has dried more panties? That's a tricky one. I mean, like, I think that might be the case. But at this point, there's like a certain type of Southern drawl that I just hear and like, I just can feel my rights being taken away from me. So it's like <laughs> that one kind of turns me off. I have I have a very distinct answers. The answer is I know. Are... I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> the answers are easy. The first one is Boston. Boston. Without question. <laughs> the second one is Philadelphia. Oh, my oh. God. You're right about the the, the uh, litter. The litter, yeah. <laughs> to go home and go on the phone <laughs> and have some chocolate and then have a hoagie and drink some milk. That's <laughs> because you guys are too close to it, I think. But oh, without yeah. having Terrible. the state pride, like it's ridiculous, but it's our ridiculous, and I love it. Oh well, I'm glad you're the one that does that. Next one, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> of course, the Alabama horrible Southern. I mean, the Texas drawl is more charming than like an Alabama Mississippi. One, I think and, the southern accents are typically more attractive on women than they are on men because it yeah, comes yeah. off like cute on a woman, on a guy, it just makes him sound stupid, right? Like, um, the yokel from Simpsons. And here's one this is going to hit you more. I'm sorry, this I had no idea right. where you're from. The Pittsburgh Yinzer accent is also terrible. Oh, you don't want to go downtown? No, <laughs> no, I, I don't want to have a pop either. I don't want to have a, <laughs> well, that's a, anywhere in the Midwest, a, a grinder. <laughs> Or no, Yinzal, yeah. Yinzer. Oh, Yinzers. Hard. I love the Yinzers too. Hard, I mean, hard. again, just you know, it's it's family. I I can't I can't hate <laughs> these groups. I mean, you could never mind. Too easy. Not going to say it. you're a nice <laughs> person. <laughs> oh, you're nice. I love that you still think that. That's wonderful. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Lord Snurts with his predictions, I will give them at the end of the podcast. Of course, not to influence ours. You're driving through North Dakota. During the side of a road piss break, you discover the the case of money that Carl buried. What do you do? I look around for any wood chippers, first and foremost. I mean, like, I'm, you know, assess the the area. I think I leave that there, though. That seems like a cursed yeah. amount of money. I think that just that stays. I feel like it would just if I carried that home with me, 
I would be carrying all sorts of things. I did not want to invite a lot of real stupidity. I would look for a tracker in that because I've watched too many movies. Mm-hmm. Then once I did not find a tracker I, I, and I finished up my piss, of course, then I would lug that back in the car and never ha- pay to never have to go through Minnesota or North Dakota again. <laughs> Israel, an I, answer from you? I would love to say that I would do the same, but I think when I'm really pressed, to be honest, I'd probably call the police because I after seeing No Country for Old Men, yeah. another Coen Brothers movie, I it's just like taking found money is just a bad idea you never know the blood that's attached to it i think i would have to i'd have to call because i i'd spend my whole life looking over my shoulder waiting for somebody to be like where's the money yeah that sounds exactly right that makes total sense to me <laughs> i have picked up many dollar bills and one guy one i said by like 20 20 20 oh. 20 20 20 20 I go holy shit and then I found the guy's wallet. I go, oh, yeah. I mean, a dollar bill, five, 10, even 20. Fine. You find a case with a million. Something went on like right. that's not even at least if it was in a bank bag, I would be like, oh, it fell off of a bank truck. There's no that murder. Happened? That would be like oh, no problem. Just you just instantly go there. Like, but oh, but at, yeah, least you'd you think, at least it'd be like there's no like blood probably. A tr- freeway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I would be looking for those, di- making sure there weren't any dye packs in there or tracers. Again, I watched too many films. That shit's staying with yep. me. Huh? I was actually waiting for that when he was going through the money. I was like, there's definitely a dye pack. And see, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on the same wavelength. <laughs> Next I don't know one. why, but my head goes into like horror film. Like I would assume I was inviting in some sort of cursed spirit. Like something, somebody died with that, and now they're haunting the money. And then oh, like I've opened some sort of any, portal any of that. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah the only, the only. I'm curse very wary of portals in general. Like I don't want to open those. Yeah, the only portals. curse, the only, the only curse I have to worry about is the IRS finding out I found this money. That's the only curse I have to. Worry <laughs> yeah, about. right. Right. That's it. Guess what? It's in the house. It's locked up in the safe. Last one from Haywood. You blow me. Does anyone else think the guy playing opposite Buscemi looks like looked like a fucked up Bruce Willis? It bothered the shit out of me the first time I saw Fargo. And then, of course, they cut and paste pictures of Bruce Willis from The Fifth Element. Yeah, I couldn't help but comment on that one. I knew you. That was on cable. I was flipping around eating dinner tonight, too. I thought of you. And uh, looks sorry. Any thoughts on that? I was just saying, no, it, it does. It looks like if if he actually got as beat up as he was supposed to get in Die Hard, this is what he would come out looking like. <laughs> and that's going to close Ask a Gutter. Maura, no one listens to the end of the podcast. We give our plugs out in the beginning. Maura Quint, what are you up to? Where can we find you? That's such a good question because I've got nothing going on right now. So, you know, you can you can just basically find me anywhere online. I'm I'm haunting all the social media sites as Mara Quint. And then I am doing uh, my my work at Americans for Tax Fairness. So it, you can go there if you're interested in progressive tax policy. But otherwise, if you want the jokes, it's just it's just me trying to figure out social media sites for the minute while I uh, try to all? figure out a way to be creative going forward. <laughs> I'm sure that'll happen eventually. Can you make a hell of a joke about a 1040 form and then uh, a 1040 walks in a bar and makes a W9 and then what do you know, a W2 pops out nine months later. Wow, that's good. Ooh. You had that right there, ready to go. Yeah, wow. That's, I, I, that that was from the that was off disturbed. the dome. As wasn't say. it? Wasn't it? Hey, you know, I've got a little experience in this. Kevin Israel, I want to hear what you're up to. I'm waiting for a baby. <laughs> Uh, my comedy calendar is utterly dead right now because I'm taking September and October off uh, as my daughter will be born any minute. So that's where we are. Wait a second. Is your wife a pregnant cop? Like, is this is Fargo <laughs> somehow based She's on her out there, there right now puking in the ice, actually. 
as it happens. Amazing. Yeah. This, this is strange so coincidence. Topical. Yeah. And, he, and by the way, he made her eggs at four in the morning today, too, by the way. <laughs> what a doting husband. Of course, guttingthesacredcow.com for all your T-shirt needs, hats, mugs, whatever you want to find there. Guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com to advertise with us. And for the love of Pete, leave us that five-star rating, two or three-sentence review wherever you hear finer of podcasts. And lastly, no better compliment than a referral. Because when all you folks tell us, tell your friends, excuse me, what a funny ass show this is and why it's the best movie review, but the movie debate podcast, whatever you want to call it out there. Well, hell, it helps us. It puts a smile on our face. It here, baby. I, Kevin Israel, I think it's time that we let Maura yeah. strap on the old snowshoes, go out there and see if her can go out there and throw Margie in the old wood chipper and God. God. All right. Uh, sacred, sacred cow. cow. <laughs> beautiful all right i can dive in here here we go fargo we so go. i i have i did not like fargo right from the start when i first saw it but i think partially i will say right up front it was immediately hyped up to me like everyone just was just going on and on about how great fargo was so i think you know if i had seen it in different circumstances you know if i was like the first person to see this film somewhere maybe i would have been a little bit more open to it but like just hearing the sort of gushing nature of it probably made me go in a little bit uh, wary. But I watched it again. Of course, I had to. I'm, I'm a good podcast guest. I watched this film more than once just for you guys, which I, I don't think I've ever done for anyone before. Wow. So, yeah. You watched this twice in preparation? I did. I watched That's it That's never happened before. That's no, it has not. That's, that is <laughs> dedication more. Yeah. I watched it twice because I wanted to be fully prepared. Look, I enjoy depressed Ansel Adams imagery as much as the next person. But like, first of all, have most of the people watching this never known that you could just like get a picture of black and white picture of snow and just hang it on your wall? Like you don't have to watch this movie for that experience. Cause I imagine that's primarily what people are taking away. They're going, Oh, look, it's, it's pretty and it's snowy. And I like living in this sort of like, you can just, you can just post that on your walls at any point in time. You don't actually have to watch this film, but I assume that most people are watching it just to like sort of see how long William H. Macy can keep this accent up or like any like waiting for them to break. It's just sort of like an enjoyment. But again, is that really worth like an hour and 40 minutes? I, I mean, like it's a fun two minute sketch, but is that an hour and 40 minutes? Plus, everything I read on it says, oh, it's a it's a dark comedy. <laughs> I address that, too. Yeah, like. It's okay. Sure. I just, I think the word comedy is still in there, right? Like it's like, you still are supposed to, I, here's how much, how seriously I took this. I looked up dark comedy because I'm like, maybe I don't understand what a dark comedy is. Maybe all this time I've been misinterpreting what dark humor is because I still thought it was supposed to be funny. No, it is still supposed to be funny. It is right there with gallows humor. I'm not sure where the laughs are in Fargo outside of, ha ha, look at these stupid people's accent. <laughs> Isn't it funny to laugh at their voices and the way they speak, which like, now we already talked about it. You know, I'm in Pennsylvania. I've got Philadelphia and Pittsburgh right here. Maybe I have a little bit of sensitivity around like, let's not just get our enjoyment from mocking someone else's accent. Like it can be cute or fun for a minute or two, but like, is that it? That's the whole of the humor that you're going to sustain is that they go, you betcha. And like, oh, yeah. And they go up at the end of their speech like that's that's it. That's for two hours. That's that's it. May I read you a list of what Google thinks are popular dark comedies? I will leave. I will give you a few okay. Americans. American Psycho. 
That's that's fair. Is it a funny film though? There's a, there's a, there's enough parts in it that I've referenced that I would say it's a it's a dark comedy. Okay, I, I haven't watched it in a while. I liked it. I don't remember. Don't just laughing. stare at it. Eat it. Yeah. See, <laughs> you laughed. Knives <laughs> Out. Knives Out is the next one. Laughing? No, mm. that's a that's a whodunit, not no. a dark comedy. Yeah. yeah. Inglorious Bastards. Definitely not a dark comedy. I'm not going to mm. let anyone do that. Game Nights. Never saw it. Won't comment. Yes, Won't that's either. that's a comedy. I don't know how dark. It's dark at the end, but I don't think it's a dark comedy. Jojo Rabbit, sat satirical. Yeah, it's There's, not a comedy. Yeah, and not, and not funny either. It's definitely not a comedy. Parasite also listed as a dark comedy. Didn't laugh once. Enjoyed the shit out of it though. It's a great movie. Yeah, not comedy. Not call that a dark comedy. No. No, uh, I will give you two. the menu. Not laughing either at that one. No, that wasn't funny at all. No. <laughs> Maybe Bur- people just don't understand words. I mean, it's possible. <laughs> Burn Did after AI reading. Write this. Yeah, right. Did, I never okay. saw it. I haven't either. And they also call The Wolf of Wall Street a dark comedy, which it is not. Not one bit. Not in the least. No, not in any it is a bio. It, it's a biopic. I, I would declare that as. It's some pretty fucking funny parts. Though. It's funny <laughs> as hell. And I love it. Love it. But it's not a dark comedy. Sorry, See, Maura. I want to do No, a it's fine. I mean, I looked up like dark humor and stuff, and it was all out of gallows humor. I like, wrote down... They, they were giving lots of lists of like the origins of it. And one of them was this murderer whose name was James French. He was getting uh, killed by electric chair and he was talking to a reporter before he was executed and leaned over to the reporter and said, if I were covering my execution, you know what I'd say in the headline the newspaper headline? French Pizza. fries. See ya. That's what he said. French <laughs> fries. See ya. I'm like, all right, that's I get it. You know, give me a good pun in there. It's a joke. Then. Sure. It's a joke. All right. I chuckled. All right. You know, exactly. So I think that like primarily what we're supposed to laugh at is the Minnesota accent, which that's a little, uh, I'm not sure about that entirely, but also I really do feel like it's just such an ambient movie and people really enjoy this sort of like snowbound captured thing, which I would get if I watched it in the middle of August and the air conditioning was out, then I'd be like, this, this is an amazing movie. I feel cold. This is great. But like, I don't think that all of the audience was just like menopausal women having heat flashes. Like I assume <laughs> that there was something else, but I that would make sense to me because I, you know, I enjoy that. It's a very, very pretty movie about the cold. But I have heard so many people be like, oh, the Coen brothers, they just, they really understand Minnesota. They just, they get it. They nailed Minnesota, which is infuriating to me because as you mentioned the movie is called fargo which is in north dakota it's not even in minnesota i understand that most <laughs> right. of the movie takes place there but also fuck you you're naming your movie something from a completely different state than is the one that you're pretending to capture that annoys me but whatever that's a little aside but i'm also instantly angry at this movie because of the way it opens the way it opens is that fun thing coming up on the screen saying this is a true story. The events depicted in this film took place in Minnesota in 1987 at the request of the survivors. The names have been changed. Out of respect for the dead, the rest has been told exactly as it occurred. Mm. This is bullshit. It is yeah. not a true story. They fucking just made it up and it makes me crazy. And Sounds I- like someone didn't like Blair Witch Project as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna rant wasn't true. for a second here. Wait, what? Wait, wait. <laughs> there's there's not what? been any ranting yet, but yeah. go stand in the corner with your nose. It's fine. <laughs> just pointing in. I'll be over. <laughs> also done in this very podcast. That makes sense to me. Mm. Uh, different thoughts about that one, but anyway, like 
we know that this is not a true story. It's not based in any true story. But I think at this point in time, we know that people will sit down and watch absolutely any fucking drivel if you say that it is a true crime thing, right? Like entire podcasts and fortunes have been made off of just going, hey, let's talk about some murders that really happened. You can sacrifice anything. Like people's attentions are instantly in. You don't need a story. You don't need character development. You don't need plot. You don't need anything really. Not really. You just need to like, let's talk through these murders that happen. And people are invested because the moment you say it's a true story, they hear, oh shit, what would I do? This could happen to me. Like they center themselves. They become the main character, right? Like it becomes an internalized, personalized moment of, wow, what if that happened to me? What if someone came up behind me and tried to push me down the stairs? What if I married a guy who paid someone to have me kidnapped? And then I had to like run with a bag over my head in the middle of like the Northern wilderness away from like psychopaths. What would I have done in that circumstance? Because it becomes like possible. It becomes in the world instantly of the real. And I think that that is a complete cheat. Like I think that you are setting it up to force people to be invested beyond just making a movie. And I I think that that's like, it's like people are calling that genius. I find it just manipulative. Like, I think that, you know, if you're going to make a mo- movie and make a story in the, I like the Coen brothers too. Like, I will say up front, I like them. I like many of their films very, very much. And I hate this film, but I do hate this element of it. I think it is really, really obnoxious and really irritating. And I don't find it genius. I just think it's just playing with people's desire and fascination with death and the worst parts of of actual humanity. So that one makes me Mm -hmm. crazy. It pisses me off. There's just no point to it. It just artificially engages us. I shall keep going. Please do. Yeah, please do. (laughs) Okay. All right. Just just making sure. Yeah. All right. So The other element, too, is the this is a true story thing that like we're basing all of this on the real also demands that we suspend some of our disbelief at the more outrageous, ridiculous parts of this. And that includes that, like the vocal coach said that she was exaggerating. She was working with these actors to exaggerate this accent. So they're not even like they're already in this sort of parody world of playing with the idea of Minnesota and what Minnesotans are. And if I were from that area, I'd be really fucking annoyed because you're not just parodying it. You're saying, no, 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 no. This is all true. This happened. This is real. This is, this is how it is up there. This is how these people are. <laughs> like it's so much worse than just being like, well, I lived there and this is like kind of an exaggeration of some part of my experience. You're saying, no, 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 no. Go right now. You'll see exactly the same. All of the people up there are kind of slow, kind of dumb. They're a lot like cows. So many shots in Fargo are just a moment where we have a shot just of someone chewing. Just like cow with cud, <laughs> just like frozen on just like, uh-huh, just a blank stare in their eyes. Like, I understand that people can be this way, but like you're depicting almost everyone in this entire region that they are this way. It's like, oh, okay, these are all people who they take their time at the DMV, like partially because they don't know how to fill out the farms and partially because they're just so daring happy to be there. Like, it's just very, (laughs) it's like the worst idea of humanity 
in a movie and you're telling us that we are supposed to actually believe this is fully true of all of these people. Plus, if you're going to tell me that this is an actual depiction of Minnesota and you're not going to show me a hot dish, I know you are. <laughs> I didn't see one casserole. God not damn a it. single tater tot oh, casserole. This is like, what What the fuck? This is wait, nonsense. Wait, wait, wait. I, I hate to be a, a, a one-upper. No, mm. not even one person putting ranch on their pizza. What are we talking about? What I didn't see a single bottle of ranch oh. in the whole movie. Like, yeah. this is obviously not a true depiction <laughs> of the area. It's It's absurd and insulting. Also, all of our characters, just about all of our characters, they get progressively stupider throughout the movie. And it's fine. Like, it's fun. It can be very fun to have stupid characters and watch them and stuff. But, like, these get more and more cartoonish while still maintaining a kind of slow pace to the movie. So it's sort of like, it's like if we watched a Roadrunner cartoon, but we were just like, mm, needs more just bleak, desolate, empty space. And then we'll eventually get to the Roadrunner <laughs> running off that cliff. But like, let's draw it out for 90 minutes. Like, there's a reason those cartoons are just like 90 seconds long. It's like, that's as long as that premise can sustain. But here we're like, no, 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 no. We're going to keep this cartoon going, but kind of quietly, like a, a quiet cartoon. It's, it doesn't really like mesh up that well to me. And we have one character who does not, right? We have one hero who is a good character who is fleshed out both metaphorically and physically as a pregnant woman. We have one character that is our hero. I think that like also part of the humor is supposed to be that she's pregnant, which like maybe that's funny to people who have never experienced pregnancy, but to the rest of us, it's just kind of like, no, you actually do have to do your job until, until they can see something coming out of you. You are actually still expected to show up for work. Like that's just, you know, that's just normal in life. And, and it's, it's, except for one scene, it really doesn't play into the script. Like she just no. gets sick out, outside on the, on the ice and that's it. Oh, I'm fine. Okay. But there's never, it's, it's, it's not like, it's like she's in a shootout and worry about the baby taking a bullet or she's running and she gets too winded too fast yep. because the baby's draining all of her energy. It, it's, she wears a baby bump that by the way, was filled with bird seed. That's a little oh. fun fact. Number six, but it's, it doesn't, there's no real payoff for her being pregnant. No, no, we don't see her in any way, like even connecting to her pregnancy. Like that's not, it doesn't even humanize her in terms of like, oh, she's aware of this child that she's going. There doesn't seem to even really be any awareness of it per se. It's just, we made her pregnant maybe just because that's funnier or something to like juxtapose. I don't, I'm not sure. But I mean, you know, okay, great. Having a pregnant character, that's fine for the representation, I suppose, but that's, that's about it. But I will say, and I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, it's, it's 2023 and, and this is where I am. I'm sorry. A cab includes Fargo. Like, you know, I just, I can't, I can no longer sit here and be like, I'm rooting for the cop. I it's, I'm just past that now, you know, we have to, we have to kill our heroes here. And uh, I just, I just can't do it. So that's my, that's my general synopsis of problems. Okay. I've got plenty more, but that's, that's, that's the ranting I will do for you all for now. All right. So that's good. That, that's it with the bow tie. You're, you're done with your argument. I, I, I lay down my papers. Yes. Give me a number one to 10 more Quint. Any number? Are we playing? A no, 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 we're not playing a guessing game. I'm asking for your score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, what's your score of Fargo? One to 10, please. Six, six, five, all right. and a half, six. Yeah. All right. 
What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Kevin Israel, get in that batter's box, son. I'd never seen Fargo before. And it's one of those movies. No, I'd never seen it. And, you know, everybody talks about it. I knew that it's all I knew about Fargo was it takes place in Minnesota. And it's funny because I said, I was like, I think this takes place in Minnesota. And my wife was like, Fargo's in North Dakota. And I was like, yeah, but for some reason, I was like, I was sure this takes place in Minnesota. And then as soon as it starts and they said, you know, Minnesota, I was like, see, I told you. She's like, but Fargo's in North Dakota. And I was like, this is. This is the kind of argument that ends a marriage. Like this is She's how a very smart woman, and I'm fully on her side. <laughs> I love how she says so pejoratively, but you're like, no, Ashley, <laughs> yeah. you're wrong. <laughs> right. So anyhow, so yeah, so I'd never seen the movie. I just knew that it was in a big Midwestern state. It was cold and there was a murder. That's all I knew about the I had no idea. And that William H. Macy was in it. That's the only thing I knew about it. I got very excited. I love Peter Stormare. I love him. I love almost everything he does. He's my favorite devil of all time, which I've talked about before. He can do no wrong. And he's usually in little bit parts where he has maybe four or five lines. And they're always the highlight of whatever movie he's in. He's such an odd pick for this movie because he is Russian, I believe. And he does have that accent. And in this movie, he's has an American accent, I think. And it's not really clear who he or what he is and other than he's a psycho you get that yeah but the confusion that i felt about him is kind of how i felt about this whole movie like so they dyed his hair blonde which was something i was going to bring up before before the tweet because i feel like in the 90s when they were like we need to make somebody different dye his hair blonde that'll do it like that's what they did to bruce willis in fifth element and it was such a weird choice because he looked so out of place in the and whole the movie jackal he also did that movie for and the oh and the right and the jackal yeah you're right wait but at least in the, the blondes are not terrifying because i i'm pretty sure they're they're just universally terrifying yeah right? well right. you hold hold the goddamn phone Maura Quint. i <laughs> take umbrage as a proud blonde member of this yeah. uh, establishment um, I no, I'm, I'm saying not piss you off. Is I'm saying heard. people who are blatantly not blonde, like Peter Stormare in our picture that we have behind us, has dark stubble. He's clearly not a blonde. Uh, it's just it was just such a weird thing. The character is weird. Anyway, moving on to the to the point of the whole movie. I've said this a thousand times, and I'll say it a thousand more times on this podcast if I'm lucky enough to be part of a thousand more episodes. I love character driven stories. <laughs> I love 
when you they just you they just feed you detail about characters and people and you really get into them. I'll watch great characters sit around and eat a bowl of soup as long as you make them really interesting. And this movie is full of some pretty interesting kind of dull people. The Coen brothers do a really good job of making dull people seem interesting. And they do that here. Uh, and at to Morris point, just by amplifying this accent, which unless you're from the six states that have that accent, it's ridiculous and mm. outlandish and unsexy. Co- combine that with the fact that it's in the winter, the freezing winter. Also, winter is very unsexy because you're wearing as many clothes as possible. Combine that with the fact that it was in the late 80s, which was probably the unsexiest time in history. Just looking at it, like, just look at the cars. I'm a car guy. Look at the cars. That Every car looked roughly the same, and they all looked like shit. Like every car they're selling, That's it's true. like, why are they paying $19,000 for that shit box that you you could get for $500 today? It's just everything in the movie just looks unattractive and unappealing. And, but I think that like that gives the movie something that like gives the movie. So I, I really, really like and William H. Macy is a great actor, but I really like this character in this because you feel his desperation as the movie progresses and you can feel the tension as everything's closing in on him and he does such a good job trying to look calm but you can feel he's like dying slowly inside i was sure he was going to kill himself by the end of the movie right but that's interesting mora made a point and that was going to be kind of the foundation of my whole argument and i'm i'm, I'm actually glad she made it the i went into this movie again knowing nothing about the movie i'm stupid so I read the 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 beginning the 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 preface and I was like oh this is a true story. Well that sets up you were looking at like she like more said you look at a, a story through a completely different lens when you think it's a true story. So I watched it going this is batshit crazy that this actually happened but it didn't seem so batshit crazy that it couldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. And because of that I was able to deal with some of the more tangential plot lines that made no point. Her pregnancy. Why did she have to be pregnant? I assume because the real person was pregnant and it was just an interesting thing to have that this woman's been out policing while she's very pregnant and that she's doing all the work while the male cop was just sitting up there drinking his coffee and she's down on the ground. Look like I thought I was like, well, a real person did that. That's fascinating that a real person would do that. The entire thing with the Asian gentleman who was her former classmate. (laughs) I was like, well, that must have really happened. So that's why we have to see this very strange moment in this person's life. And I have to feel racist because I think it's weird that an Asian guy has a Minnesotan accent. And it felt, it felt, (laughs) I mean, I knew you were going to bring that up. That was an easy one. And the whole time I felt like I was watching like, two different movies like he was talking but somebody else was talking through his mouth it just seemed so but i was like all right well i guess the real person went up with a former classmate who was asian from minnesota or that area with that accent and he hit on her and they had this weird interaction and she was pregnant but he was still coming on to her which good for you dude you're fucking that desperate Mm. so like all of these plot points that seemed kind of pointless seemed so much more important when I thought it was a true movie. And, and I even said to my wife, I was like, Oh, this is true. And she goes, yeah, it's true. And I was like, Oh, okay. So like I had, I, I got reinforcement that this was true. 
So I was like, all right. And by the way, my wife works in the entertainment business. So anything she says that has anything to do with movies, I just buy. I just immediately buy. The whole really believed that like that's not on her. Yeah, I mean, and and it's not and it's not like Blair Witch because obviously that wasn't real, but like it all seemed plausibly real. Mm-hmm. The movie builds up the tension wonderfully, but the problem is once you find out that it's not true, which I found out literally 42 minutes ago before this started, I happened to, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I should do some extra research. <laughs> Maura did more work for this than I did. And I Google and I, fa- uh, I Facebooked it. I Wikipedia it and I find out it's fucking, they lied. Those pieces of shit. I'm already not the biggest Coen Brothers fan of movies. I'll take the Coen Brothers over Wes Anderson every day of the week. Every day, all day. But the Coen Brothers still have this way of kind of dragging out boring stories or making things duller that already dull. But I get that. I get that. That's some people really enjoy that. But once you find out that it's not true, so much of this just loses all of that luster and all because they could have it could have been such if you're not if it's going to be fiction, make it fucking like why? Why was William H. Macy in all of this debt? Like, why did he what did he do to get in all this trouble? I didn't need to know because it's true. So whatever he's in it. But it's you. It's a story you wrote now and we don't know. Was it to pay off those debts for the cars he was amassing? Was that it? I think no, because I think the cars. He those cars that disappeared. One of them was the ones he gave to the guys. Right, right, right. So I, maybe that's what it. But they didn't. They didn't go out of their way to really explain it. The Peter. Sorry. Yeah, that? there were. I was just going to say there are a lot of plot points that they do not explain. They just kind of let yeah. it be. Like, what the hell are those two hitmen doing together? Like, why? And they, and, and that was paired? that was literally going to be my next point. If you're gonna, so you make this fucking guy who's a clear psychopath with some interesting background, this disaster. And, and, oh, and, and they had them that they're fucking those girls in the, in the, why did that have like, that wasn't, I, I don't understand. Like it just wasn't necessary. So much of this movie wasn't necessary in getting to the point that was really no, really in the end, it was just like an episode of any other procedural cop show where at the end they're like, we got him. And then they lay back in bed. And it's like, ah, oh, the thing is at the end of every episode, she and her husband lay back in bed and she, he had a normal day and he had a normal day and she doesn't talk about her crazy day. And that's it. Like, that's really what the movie amounted to mm-hmm. other than, just all this other shit they threw in just to be like, you're going to get a lot of Minnesota stuff in this and you're going to feel like you've been in Minnesota. And it's like, I, I didn't, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't hate watching the movie. I didn't, I, I enjoyed the performances. I enjoyed the characters. I thought Steve, Buscemi, Steve Buscemi is great. I mean, Steve Buscemi is just great in almost everything he does. I, I really liked him. It's great seeing him young and remembering that, oh, he was always weird looking. <laughs> and I and I, I did love the joke that everybody was like, he's funny looking. I don't know. He's just funny looking like that was that was the that was the hardest. I probably laughed in this whole comedy, which just this podcast has taught me and more. You put really put a tied a bow on it that nobody understands what a comedy is anymore. Um, but this would this is not a comedy in any sense of the word. But it's just it. I, God, I wish I never found out that this wasn't true. I had such a different, I had such a different review going into this before. And it's it's really actually pretty funny because I did have a completely different opinion on this movie until I found out it wasn't real. 
and, and then once I score us for this now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my score completely changed. Completely changed. And I, it just, it just, it blew my, cause I was like, well, you wouldn't lie about that. Like, why would you set up a <laughs> right. movie behind based on a lie? Like a horror movie. I get why you would do that. You need people to go in with this, like, oh my God, it's real. And we didn't, they, we didn't have the money to spend on special effects. So we need to scare you in your head. But this was there was no reason to lie about this other than it's a cheat, which right. I think is exactly what you said. And it almost feels like shitty writing. Like we 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 wrote a movie and we were like, this isn't very interesting. What if we say it's true? We tell them it's true. And then people will go, well, that's amazing that that happened in a wood chipper. I can't believe that. Of course, I believe somebody wrote that bullshit. Yeah, I could write anything. <laughs> he could have fucking had him eaten by a, a dragon. Like, who, who cares? Hey, it, did you know that Thanos actually did snap his fingers and half the world died? <laughs> you know what? That would I'd be more comfortable with all of that. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, I don't know. I just I, I, I was not looking forward to watching this movie because, again, I'm not a big Coen Brothers fan. I didn't hate watching it because the whole time I was going through it, I thought it was real. And then this happened. And I almost wish that I didn't look it up. And then Mora was the one to break it to me. That it was, <laughs> but, but, but I was like 20 minutes ahead of you. It, yeah, it's just, it, it's, it's disappointing in a way, but I still, I, I mean, I still didn't hate it. I like the characters. I like the tension that they built. I thought, um, Oh, why did I just break on blank on her name? The cop, uh, Francis McDormand, Francis McDormand. She was awesome in this. She did a great job with with the with the accent but was she the, best actress good like she won the award for mm, i don't know yeah i don't know what she was up against uh, yeah i can't remember se. what she I was mean, up like, against but that is i think sorry most of it like you're watching three incredibly talented actors in particular like francis mcdormand steve buscemi william h macy and yeah. they're doing the fun accent like sure that's and I, great, I, I, but... I do. I love William H. Macy. I, I mean, he's great at being that kind of beat down, sympathetic protagonist in here. He, I guess he was kind of the antagonist, actually, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, it just it just it just it just I don't know. I it this was such a weird experience finding out right before that it wasn't real, that uh, that it wasn't true, that it just it ruins everything I wanted to say about this movie. But it. <laughs> I, I I I'll leave with this. I don't know why anybody would live out there. There you go. <laughs> I just fucking move to one of the coasts. It's so much warmer. I don't know why you'd why you'd want seven months of winter, or eight months of winter. That sounds horribly miserable. And the eighty late eighties, everybody dressed terribly, and the couches never looked comfortable. Um, but aside from that, this movie was it was it was fine. I'll never ah. watch it again. I'm never going to rush out to be like, oh, you know, we got to watch Fargo again. It This this movie was the, the definition of a five for me. To answer your question, the best act, the actresses for the nominated for that year, obviously, Frances McDormand, Brenda Blythin from Secrets and Lies. I don't know who she is. I don't know what that movie is. Never heard Diane of Diane Keaton in Marvin's Room. I don't I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Kristen Scott Thomas, English patient. One film that people keep asking to do in this podcast that I will never acquiesce because no one gives a shit if people take down the English patient. And Emily Watson, who I don't know who that is. And the movie was Breaking the Waves. I've never heard of that. 
So never heard of it. Other than English Patient, I've never heard any of those movies. I've heard of Marvin's Room, but to dunk on this is uh, like dunking on five Muggsy Bogues if you're Dikembe D- D- Mutombo. Yeah, so then I guess she did deserve Best sure. Actress for this, I guess. Five out of Kevin Israel and Maura Quinn gives it a six. Well, these notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com and guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. And please leave us a five-star rating, two or three-sentence review at GTSE Podcast. Notes? Not that Steve Buscemi is ever in danger of being confused for Channing Tatum, but Christ, <laughs> he has aged like seafood covered in milk <laughs> on a hot July afternoon. He looks now. He looks like John Leguizamo's Down syndrome brother. They, Steve Buscemi, oof, he's actually my buddy's neighbor. Literally lives across the street from him in Brooklyn. The Minnesota accent is bad, but not cracking the holy trinity of Philly, Boston, or the Deep South. I mean, said that before, but it bears repeating. Thank God we did not hear those hookers call out in ecstasy in that Minnesota accent. Oh God! Oh yeah! Oh, that's a spot. You go ahead and and pull my hair, won't you? I never got a hook. Thank you. I never got a hooker. I never got a hooker. Never will. Because I'm good looking. I'm just kidding. Uh, because. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I can promise you this. If I if I ever did get a hooker, there would never, ever, ever be TV snuggle time like those two had <laughs> watching The Tonight Show, for Christ's sakes. If you were on the clock with Kevin Goatee. You are straightening up, doing laundry, or cleaning a bathroom while I am in my refractory period. Not laying there on your ass watching TV. Refractory oh, man. period. Like, Everybody listening to this just pause to Google refractory period. Please do. You'll chuckle even more so when you go, oh, that's what he's talking about. I also introduced Tomesson on this podcast. People also said that's a nice word. I like a Buscemi and Stormare. I don't even know their names. I'm just going to call them by their actual names. One of them bashes open the back window, but hey, the front door is open. Gotta love those trusting Minnesotans, right? <laughs> I'm amazed that Peter Stormare goes to the medicine cabinet without any gloves on. I mean, this is 101 shit, fellas. No, that one killed me. <laughs> like, Fastest I, I way like, to get caught. What a rookie. Did we not have fingerprints in the 80s? I think we did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When Jerry, that's William H. Macy, calls the police, the TV channel is on static, but his wife was watching a morning show without any problems. Did the kidnappers decide to say, eh, let's fuck up their TV reception as a nice parting gift when taking his wife away? I was actually, I had a whole thing I was going to because if you, oh God, I had the most pretentious line that I could ever like of, of thought through this. But if you look at the TVs, there is snow on the TVs dependent on the mental state of who is watching them. So the only people who have very clear TV pictures are the wife in the beginning when she's happy and our wow. Francis McDormand character. All of the other characters have some. And then it's it's snowy, but you still see some picture when the psychopath guy is just like he's already killed the lady and he doesn't have any because that to him, that's a clearer mental state, right? This is like and any movie that I can say this type of thing to that can sound like I just came out of an NYU cinema class. Like it it loses a point there. It's just like, <laughs> oh, just shut up. Like I'm annoyed at myself. But, oh, that's so yeah. meta. You should be writing a critic's five star review on Rotten Tomatoes next. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, by the way. Why try to pay off the cop? Why not just roll the dice? And if you get a ticket for no tags, move along. Then no one's none the wiser. Look, I know this is a catalyst for a plot point, but I go, oh, come on. We can avoid this. 
By the way, I, it, I liked it better in Pulp Fiction when they shot a guy in the head in a car as opposed to this one. This is very little blood for someone getting uh, their head blown it, open. It right looked there. like he took the top off of a pot and it just poured out. Like a champagne was, was bottle was uncorked. But again, as he starts to get stupider and stupider, his face gets covered with more and more blood throughout the whole movie. I watched it twice in a row, guys. Okay, like it was. <laughs> you keep your meta points in your stupid heathen tongue. Quiet. Wow, I, I like it. Keep going. <laughs> I'm teasing. That's very smart. And I sure shit did not pick up on that. But then again, I didn't watch it twice. So you're uh, you're better than we are. Yeah, both of us. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yes, the old phone, the landline by the bedside that wakes you at 3 a.m. I'm glad those days are long over and those oh, phones yeah. can go right to silent. Gone those Donna and Greg goatee sure got their fair share of phone calls late when Kevin was still up around 1.30 in the morning when his friends like, is Kevin there? Guess who bought a <laughs> second line to their house? Donna and Greg goatee. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely no chance I'm making my wife eggs at 3 a.m. That is not my DNA and never will be. Honey, there's a protein bar in the fridge on your way out or just get something at the airport. The oh, yeah, nonstop would have me selling my home or committing clandestine chemical sterilization by putting saltpeter in the water supply of the city if I ever lived in that town. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> The cinematography is fantastic. It is truly it's beautiful. I all inspiring. Great. But like you said, we can, we can green screen snow in there eventually. Right. I'm very proud of this line. I've seen more black people on the 1950s Boston Celtics team than I have in this film, but I understand for it's an appropriate cross section of the city's demographic. So don't go nuts Bechdel people. It's just the way Minnesota is. Minnesota has a huge African immigrant I know, population, but not in the <laughs> but but not the rural section. Okay, yeah, I, I haven't broken it down by city, but yeah. Kevin Israel, you missed this joke. I'm gonna repeat it because it was so good. I've seen more black people in the 1950s Boston Celtics than I did in this film. He's been practicing that one. He said it in the mirror a couple of times too, just to make sure he was getting the. Some more black people in Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> I, even though this came out in '96, I forgot. It was taking place during the 80s. I said, even the fashion and hairstyles for Minnesota are a good decade and a half behind the current times. So, yes, that makes sense. Yeah. The days of hitting a TV to get better reception are as obsolete as a landline next to your bed. <laughs> even I still hit them, though. Do you I really? Mean, it's, just, it's just ingrained the in me. When technology fails, I just, I just hit it. I just go to pummeling. Yeah, I'm very abusive towards technology. Even as nice as they are in Minnesota. That. I'm having a very hard time ingesting how someone can call you at 2 a.m. just to catch up on old times. How she doesn't have a fuck off out of her mouth after 4.2 seconds. <laughs> Mind blowing. I spit water out of my mouth when Buscemi stole the license plates in the parking lot airport and saw the parking was $4 a day. $24 to park for the week. It costs $24 an hour to park at Newark Airport. <laughs> By the way, I love Buscemi <laughs> opening up on that on that attendant, charging four <laughs> bucks an hour for 30 seconds he, for a few minutes. He's so right. Adam Carolla calls it the minimum wage mafia, the people who make minimum wage, who have the power to hold up people for their time for, mo for money. I was like, I was not going, you bet. Yeah, absolutely. Go get him, Steve. Fuck, <laughs> fuck this parking lot attendant guy. The Asian guy with the Minnesota accent is throwing me off like black people with the English Cockney accent. Jesus. 
I keep like look at my watch. I'm like, am I in the what happened here? Did I just get in a DeLorean? By the way, what was the payoff for him meeting up with her besides you know give you know dedicating his love for her? It's not like he there played an integral part role to the story, except finding you out want, that he's a do liar. Do you want me to keep going with my like film course 101 yes, stuff? Yes, do it. Because Please. Do it. Please look, do you it. have to understand, I spent most of high school learning it really like practicing how to bullshit through anything. Like, all right, like let's, let's look for the intricate and bullshit. And that one came up. Like, what was the point of that scene? Why the hell is that in there at all? And I got so annoyed that I, I went and I like started looking up theories and there's like a whole school of thought on this. One of which (laughs) being that she, well, one of which was just like, yeah, because that, then it kind of tricks you more into thinking it's real, like you were saying before. So it's like, there's there's that, because why else would it be there? Who cares? But the other is, hey, you've got this cop who's a good cop. She notices things. But here, you know, she walks in the door. She's fixing her hair. She's like not told her husband that she's meeting this dude. There's like a little something there. And she has this conversation and she doesn't find out until the next day that like, no, he's actually mentally unstable. He's completely made up all of these things. And that is the trigger for her to go, oh, Maybe I've been too trustworthy, like too trusting (laughs) with other people. And now I maybe when I'm thinking about this case, I should be a little bit more critical of what I'm being told. And then she goes and uh, is able to see that William H. Macy is lying to her. Now, that is a cogent, coherent, loving argument that I am fully fully behind. I was all ready to say, oh, yeah, Maura, try and explain to us why 2001 A Space Odyssey is a good film because I'm going to call you a liar. And so is Kevin Israel. But no, that makes perfect sense. I, I would but buy still, it. I was actually annoyed. <laughs> yeah. I was annoyed when I read it because I was like really irritated at that whole scene. And then I was like, oh, God damn it. That kind of tracks. Fuck you. Okay. You think when Shep the Indian started whipping Bashemi with a belt, every American Indian in the theater audience got up and cheered because of the whole, you know, manifest destiny thing we did? Jesus. It's a smart joke, Kevin. Don't Jesus me. <laughs> it's a smart joke. I'd be so afraid to live in the Midwest or Northern states because I don't feel like having a 20 minute conversation when I say hi, going outside to get my mail. <laughs> I know this is a plot point again for a catalyst, but the old man, he could have gotten another shot or two off at the Shemi uh, before he got <laughs> finished off. He had plenty of time to aim and all that. The Shemi was definitely dazed. See, that's that. Uh, I shook my head and said, no, nah, not buying, not buying. I agree. I kept. I laughed hard when they called Bashemi a quote funny looking guy. That's a lot nicer with the way they would call him over here in Jersey as opposed to call him, calling him a rat faced pygmy with barracuda teeth. <laughs> the woodchipper scene is a fantastic idea, <laughs> never been done before. That should. That is whenever someone says Fargo, that is your go to. Besides, you betcha. That is the quintessential. Like holy shit! I think that was like the, the the calling card for this film, and I love the originality of it. It has been done since, though. Well, there it was a pioneer. What? Give me another one that it, the woodchipper Dead, was. It? Deadpool two. Uh, one of the X Force characters flies into a woodchipper. Saw that in the theater. I own it. I watched it again. Haven't rewatched it since. By the way, I thought that American Indian guy was Chief from Who One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I Googled. It wasn't. No, nah, he would have been too. Nah, yes, he, the age yeah, been. yeah, yeah. When you get arrested in Minnesota, is it something like this? You're under arrest. Oh, yeah. You have the right to remain silent. You betcha. And then you say, can and will be held against you. Would you like a recipe for the best tuna casserole in the entire world? (laughs) In summation, the plot moved along. 
very memorable characters. When I initially saw it, I said it was fine. Rewatch it for the episode, and guess what? It's fine. <laughs> characters were decent, like I said, good plot and character development. I, Kevin Israel, you stole the words out of my mouth. I am never going to rewatch this again ever. People love the Coen brothers. I am 50-50 with them. I hate the Big Lebowski with a burning passion. Oh, raising, Ar- raising, raising Arizona stinks on ice. Stop it. it. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. All right. We you liked it? I do like Raising Arizona. Oh, God. It was yeah. so boring. This is fine. And No Country for Old Men is good. Six out of ten. Ooh. Kevin, would you get a five? And you gave five, it a six yeah. as well. Let's. What did Lord Snurts give? Because Lord Snurts is the perfect guesser the prognosticator he is he's the one who who, who, uh, forged this idea fargo score predictions he has me for a seven he has kevin israel for a seven and a half and more he's got you down for a four and a half pretty much on pace for you he's got me and kevin israel more gave it a six yeah i went i went high oh you know i'm sorry i thought you said five i'll take that i was in the five six range okay so Snurts, you're a little off on that one, but that's all right. You're still you're still hitting it. We still let's, love you. Yeah. Let's go to what you know these guys and gals are given the old metaphorical rub and tug for this film. Critics, five star reviews. The spirit of comedy counterbalances the violence of the gangster film and trumps and trumps it hands down. Kind ordinariness and the wordy story clash victoriously with the irony of fate that lies in wait for enterprising hearts. I hate that person <laughs> who wrote that review. I agree. Had, I agree. Had Morris said it, I would have liked it. But oh, <laughs> coming from anybody else, <laughs> it was terrible. Oh, you might as well just jerk off into a mirror and ceiling fan. <laughs> Though Miller's Crossing may be one of the best Coen brothers of all time, as poetic as it as poetic as it is absurd, Fargo is the brothers' smartest film and matter of fact masterpiece. Smartest. Stop it! What's so hmm. smart about it? I don't. I don't know. Maybe we're all too dumb. Maybe that's just. Maybe they are just that much smarter than we are. Can I quote Family Guy? It insists upon itself. <laughs> We just did The Godfather last week, so that was brought up to my uh, to my recent uh, memory. The Coens' dialogue is snappy and fun, and they know how to ride the line between serious and funny. Their tendency towards moments of horrific violence don't always work for me, but that is one of their signatures, and I can usually get past it. That's not funny. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No one's walking out of there with tears running down their eyes going, oh, my God, I thought I was going to piss my pants. No, that's... no. A riveting drama of death, dismemberment, small town criminality, and exaggerated accents. All right. I mean, take away riveting, it's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. It is a tale of those things. Critics, one-star reviews. In effect, the Coens have written an action film. Action film? Action film? What? What? (laughs) Yeah, compared to Shakespeare, action film. Someone has too much Shakespeare. There's like battle scenes and stuff, you know. All right. Uh, Well, (laughs) I thought my first go-to is Romeo and Juliet, which really does not. Got some stabbing, lots of stabbing. A little stab, a little poisoning too. But is that action? Jesus Christ, an action film that that disregards the basic principle of the genre. That character is expressed in action. What? (laughs) Okay, so they're saying it's like meant to be an action film. That's that's what they wrote, but they they didn't actually put much of the action in. 
I think, I think maybe a grand total of 13 bullets are fired. That doesn't that is 15 seconds of an Arnold, uh, not even 15, that's, that's five <laughs> seconds of Arnold in Terminator, any of the Terminator. You can have plenty of action without guns too, but that, this movie is not, it is I not didn't a see, I didn't see any, I didn't situation. see any crescent, yeah, I didn't see any crescent kicks from Van Damme like that in this film, did you? No. Or even chase scenes where Tom Cruise with his no, arms scissoring as fast as possible as he runs across a building? No. Just at the very end when Kevin found out it wasn't based on a real story, <laughs> then it was just like kicking and flailing and all sorts yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Especially when, it, especially when his wife threw a pill at him when he told her, uh, no, it's in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> From the camera angles to the set design, everything is calculated to make the viewer feel superior to the cloddish, geeky characters on display. Okay. Mm. All right. Fine. All, ad- all attitude and low aptitude, its function is to italicize the Cohen's giddy contempt toward people who talk and think Minnesotan. Yeah, I can understand feeling that way. Would you ever use the term giddy contempt no. in your daily encounters? I, I kind of love it. I might now. Yeah. Giddy contempt. I think that actually summarizes a lot of how I feel a lot of the time. <laughs> sounds, like, contempt. Sounds, <laughs> yeah. sounds like a snarky meta punk band. Yeah. I would, I would see them. I, sure. I would go to that show. Yeah, as long as, as long as it's not ska, that's my where my line is drawn. It, no, giddy contempt is clearly not ska. Like yeah. that's not. No, it doesn't fit the genre. The danger in portraying characters you consider significantly less interesting than yourself is that too much superiority and not enough affection can lead to a fatal snottiness. Just like that review. <laughs> Amazon five star reviews. This film is a classic and better than the show. You won't be disappointed. Great to watch during snowstorms. Signed, Sam Champion. (laughs) I mean, Sam is just operating at one very specific level and and good for Sam. (laughs) It's snowing outside. Let's watch a movie where it snows. Like, all right. Fargo, cue it up. Uh Uh-huh. Next one. I'm fine with that. Good movie if you like good police women. I was going to make an Angie Dickinson joke here, but I don't know if that was going to uh, resonate. With police you. women. Yeah. I didn't know that a lot of people just had that as their specific category. Yeah. That sounds that's, like a, that's that's sounds like a bad that's review for cop, for like a cop porn. Like, oh, <laughs> well, exactly. good police woman. Yeah. If yeah. that's, this has to be in their Netflix search and I would demand <laughs> the authorities be called post haste. <laughs> if one does not get upset about the F-bomb, you will enjoy this film. It is a bit overused in the place of dialogue. I wonder if the number of awards would have been higher if the screenwriter just tempered his clear fascination with using the F-bomb with such vigor and repetition. It is really, sorry, it is not really so hard to act if if one is just saying it over and over and over again. Well, you get the idea. Other than this annoyance, it is a well-done and acted film. Don't let the little kids watch it unless they already use the F-bomb in normal conversation. They're fine that's with the what, body and the wood that's chipper. Why, yeah, just to say, that's, <laughs> like, that's why the little kid shouldn't watch it, not getting shot in the top of the skull. <laughs> or in a wood chipper. Look, look. <laughs> or hookers. Sometimes you're going to come across some people who have sex with hookers and then get shoved into a wood chipper. As long as they're keeping their language on the nice side, that's that's fine. <laughs> that's But, you know, let's watch our, watch our mouths here. Oh, my call, gosh. Call me jaded as a jersey you know we we are are very jaded and the f word just flows i didn't think i don't remember hearing that many f words that would make me go wait a minute no. this is no, excessive I, I can't think of one actually I mean, <laughs> like I'm, 
I mean, because William H. Macy, I mean, he does a bunch of golly gee willikers when he's getting frustrated with with this with the father-in-law trying to get this this business deal done and the business deal being taken from him. He doesn't say like, God damn, fuck you, whatever. It's just, oh, gosh, darn it. You know, oh, I'm so steamed. Like, yeah, it's a good point. Just again, maybe because from Minnesota. Oh, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> Again, people get so annoyed, but they forget to look at the part where it says R under the rating. <laughs> I want to clarify some comments that people made below that this movie insinuates Minnesotans. I have lived in Minnesota for many years. This movie is really a Valentine to Minnesota. It has so many in-jokes about Minnesotans beyond the accents, even down to the talk about Honeywell. I guess that's a thermostat company. Yeah, that's- the neighbors talk about the weather and the kind of food that Marge eats at the restaurant. It's really quite brilliant putting in all the idiosyncrasies of that area of the country on the film with only a little bit of exaggeration. Yes, some Minnesotans do talk like that. In doing so, it's laughing with Minnesotans rather than at them and portrays main characters like such as Marge and her husband as loving and kind rather than stupid and shallow. I wonder if Kurt Prince and Kirby Puckett had that Minnesota accent. <laughs> Sign Jesse Ventura. Okay. <laughs> Amazon one star reviews. Tedious, boring, repetitive, uninspired, and mildly sick. If you ever wanted to watch a movie about average people with above average problems living in an, in an average place with a homicidal maniac running around and a Steve Buscemi wine log that just never ends, where everything is mundane and surprises a word that requires dictionary research to be part of your viewing experience except parentheses, except for the average people who are brutally murdered, which is probably a surprise to them, and everyone talks like they're from Fargo ND, A. then this movie is for you. That was the longest run-on sentence I've ever read. Wow, that was... He had some stuff to say. But there's more. There's more. (laughs) I hated myself for a while after walking walking away at the 70-minute mark because I wasted 67 extra minutes after my first suspicion that I'd stumbled upon trash. He only had like 20 minutes left. I know. Just see it through. He missed the wood chipper. The wood chipper. <laughs> Violence. Purchased as a movie with a strong female role. My error there. I believe the female role was the police officer. Again, too violent for me. Not what I expected. A guy hires someone to kidnap his wife. Everything goes downhill from there and just keeps going down. Not uplifting. Not motivating. Signed, Rex Harriman, the Long Island serial killer. <laughs> It, it is not uplifting. That is a fair statement. It's a dark comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Israel, did Maura Quint gut that sacred cow? I really enjoyed having Maura on the show. I thought you did a great job and you made some all the points that I was going to make. I don't think she got it, though. I don't. And, mm-hmm. and here's why I don't think you got it. Got it. 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 I you gave it a six. I know. I, f- I, know. I feel like if you g- if problem. you go if you go over five, it's hard for me to support a gutting. Though I agree with all your points, they were cogent, they were well formed. I agree. I I mirrored many of them, but I I don't think I don't think really any of us gut it. I think you know it's still just floundering around out there that none of us will rewatch, even though you re- watched it twice. And I'm sorry for that. <laughs> you should be. You should be. But no, that's that's entirely fair. I, I take my lumps. <laughs> I I think she did. Here's why. Ooh, because it, ooh, we because never disagree. I like we, this. Rarely we do. <laughs> because 
she came out here and it's like she said it sucks. She's it's basically I from what I took away from that, she's saying it's overrated. Everyone's putting this on the pedestal of great film, classic. We read the re- I read the reviews, classic, dark comedy. She's like, no, it's not. It's fine. Taking saying it's overrated. And her meta arguments were just quite dainty and enjoyable. <laughs> I I I I'll give her that. But tell you what, herd, you be the deciding yes. factor. Go to the herd. Democracy rules. Go to at GTSC podcast and you tell us, do you think Mora got the sacred cow? KI says nay. KG says yay. Let's see hey. who's funnier, Chat GPT or KG. By the way, the standings are st- currently <laughs> sit at KG 21, Skynet 0. I have pulled oh, <laughs> three jokes. The first three jokes on Chat GPT asking them to write jokes about Fargo. Here we go. Why did the Minnesotan detective go to the car dealership after watching Fargo? Because he wanted to trade in his ya for a new you betcha. Oh, jeez. Yikes. <laughs> that gets a yikes. Oh, oh that, was, that was as painful as watching those Minnesota hookers fuck. <laughs> what, why did the wood chippers start a therapy group? It had some serious disposal issues to work through after Fargo. That doesn't even make sense. Oh, Jesus. God, they're not even trying. Come on, AI. What the hell? It's going to take our jobs. Do it faster. Why did the snowman refuse to watch Fargo again? Because every time he saw the wood chipper scene, he'd melt in fear. AG stands undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> you know the X-Men. This is Colossus skin right here, baby. I am bulletproof. This AI. Isn't, this, isn't this supposed to be getting better? Isn't AI supposed to be learning and evolving? Unfortunately, it's getting trained off of like humanity's jokes. So right, I don't that's know. True. <laughs> which yeah. it's, gonna get. it's like if they took Terminator, like the bad Terminator in the last film, which they all sucked, the sequels except for two, and they went in backwards order. And now we're back at like just boring ass T 800 Arnold <laughs> from Terminator 1. More Quint, it's been a joy having you on here. Thanks so much for hanging out. We'll see you all next time. Take care. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.